Greetings, friends around the world. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible News Prophecy Channel. You probably have heard the expression, hiding in plain sight. Well, I want to talk about Babylonian beast symbols that are public, actually, that are associated with what's going on over in Europe. Now, some have wondered about Europe, and do they really have ties in with the, with the Babylon or the beast? If you've got your Bibles, you might want to follow along. I'm going to go to the book of Revelation, chapter 17. I'm going to read the first five verses, and this will be from the New King James Version of the Bible. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked to me, saying, Come, and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which is full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. So we see there's a tie in with Babylon and a woman riding the beast. Now, first, let's go into this Babel thing, or Babylon. Where did that come from? Well, we're going to go back to the book of Genesis. And again, we'll be showing you some of their symbols later, but first I want to lay a biblical foundation here. So Genesis chapter 11, we read, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, they had asphalt for mortar, and they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower, whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. And they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad from the face of the earth. And from the term Babel, we ended up with Babylon. Now, as it turns out, the European Union has 24 official languages, and it actually uses something like the Tower of Babel for some of its symbolism. When you see the European uh, Parliament building in Strasbourg, France, now that building was left intentionally unfinished by the Europeans. And, of course, the Tower of Babel was unfinished. Now, why would the Europeans have not finished it? Well, basically, when those associated with the European project said it was because more nations were needed to become part of it. So they didn't finish the building. Hence, it's not complete. Now, 
In the news this past week or so, we saw Slovakia wants six Western Balkan nations, those of Albania, Bosnia, Kosovo, Montenegro, North Macedonia, and Serbia, to be in the European Union by 2030. Now, the EU has also indicated interest in Ukraine, uh, Moldova, Armenia, Georgia, Azerbaijan, and Belarus. Now, Europe itself goes from Portugal uh, through the west to parts of Russia uh, in the east. It basically goes down and the border stops just before uh, Georgia, uh, Azerbaijan, and Ar Armenia. Now, how many of those nations will become part of Mystery Babylon at the end of Bible doesn't uh, specify. But thousands of years ago, Daniel uh, wrote a prophecy, discussed a little horn that would expand to the south and the east. So I want to go and read about that, Daniel chapter 8, starting in verse 9. And out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. And it grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. He even exalted himself as the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away in the place the sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgressions, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast down the truths to the ground. He did all this and prospered. Now, while this has had some type of fulfillment in the past, this prophecy seems to be dual, particularly if you look at certain things in Daniel 11, and it seems to be for our time. Now, what is now the European Union began as a small organization. Three little countries, uh, Belgium, uh, Netherlands, and Luxembourg, and they were called the Benelux nations. Then this, along with the Council of Europe, helped get them to form the European Economic Community. And the European Economic Community expanded mainly south and east of the Benelux nations into what became, or has become, the expanded European Union. Now there's over 447 million people uh, who live in this not fully united, but somewhat united government headquartered in Belgium, Brussels, Brussels and Belgium. And it's expanded south into other lands. Now, I want you to look at the poster. And this poster uh, was put up uh, for the Europeans. Notice it says, Europe, many tongues, one voice. And it seems like it's kind of a slap in the face to about the Bible warning about Babel, Babylon. Now, there's a lot of trappings of uh, Babel and Babylon, Babylon with, with Europe. And I should also probably mention Europe seems proud of the fact that, that uh, it is actually comes from the word Europa. In English, we don't pronounce it that way, but Europa is how it's supposed to be. And Europa comes from a mythological story about basically Zeus, uh, the, the pagan god Zeus. He turns himself into a, uh, a bull, a beast, and uh, he finds this one nymph very attractive, her name is uh, Europa. He persuades her to jump on his back, so the woman rides the beast, and he takes her to some other place, and uh, uh, 
they meet. Some say she was raped, some say otherwise, but anyway. And I want to put up a bunch of pictures you can see. And these are basically official things. Uh, uh, one's in front of a European uh, uh, office in Brussels. Others are from uh, stamps or magazines or coins. And speaking of coins, and you can see it up here, when I, my wife and I went to Greece a long time ago, we got this uh, two euro coin. And on one side it shows Europe, and the other side it shows the woman riding the beast. And so this is something Europe is not ashamed of. And again, it's very similar to some warnings we see in the book of Revelation, chapter 17, about a woman riding a beast. Now, it should be noted that the uh, European Union uh, has had Marian influence, and its flag has 12 stars. And the, flag, the logo of the European Parliament has that flag as a part of it. Now, the Bible talks about a reorganization of Europe into ten kingdoms in Revelation chapter 17, verse 12. Then you end up with the beast, which is Revelation 17, verse 13, who's also called the king of the north in places like Daniel 11, verse 40. Now, he's going to be assisted by another beast, a two-horned beast. You can read about Revelation 13, uh, uh, verses 1 through 18, who's also known as the final antichrist. So, if you've got the ten kings and then the beast, and then the Antichrist, in a sense, you got 12 stars. This is what's on the uh, EU flag. Now, I should mention that when this was, uh, flag was accepted by the uh, uh, initial Council of Europe back in 1953, there were 15 nations. So it wasn't like there was one star for each of the nations. There wasn't. They adopted this 12-star uh, uh, flag actually in uh, 1955. So why use 12 stars? Why hasn't the Council of Europe, which actually has 47 uh, member states, with a total population, by the way, of 820 million, including the European Union, which has 27, why didn't they use another number? Why didn't they change it? Well, Mary supposedly Mary, Jesus' mother Mary, is prominent in an unusual way in the uh, European Union. And she was supposed to be the inspiration of the flag. And I want to read something from the Times on this. The chosen flag was designed by Arsene Heitz, a German Roman Catholic, who said that he'd been inspired by a line in the book of Revelation about the Virgin Mary wearing a crown of 12 stars, a common depiction in Christian iconography. So we can see clear tie between Mary, who Roman Catholics, by the way, sometimes call the Queen of Heaven, and the flags of the European Union. And the Bible warns us that there will be, the final European beast power will be a religious one. At least they will push its version of religion. Now I want to go to the Old Testament. This time I want to read Isaiah chapter 47, starting in verse 1. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For you shall no longer be called tender and delicate. So we see a warning about the so-called virgin daughter of Babylon. So it's not ancient Babylon. The daughter of Babylon is 
prophetically uh, what we're going to see rise up in Europe. Uh, Jeremiah also uses that term. You don't have to go there, but I'm going to read part of Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 42. Set in array like a man for battle against you, O daughter of Babylon. Now, the Bible shows that this virgin that Isaiah talked about in Isaiah 47, 8 makes the same statements end-time Babylon makes in Revelation 18, verse 7. The European Union version of Virgin Mary is not a biblical one, yet it's using symbolism, which has prophetic ramifications. Now, Bible warns that end-time Babylon is going to be destroyed. So I want to go to the uh, uh, book of Revelation, Revelation chapter uh, uh, 18, and I want to start with, uh, with verse 1. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great authority, and earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried with a mighty voice, loud voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen, has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth have become rich to the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, unless you receive her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities, rendered her just as she rendered to you, and repaired double according to her works. And the cup which she's mixed, mixed double for her. In the measure she glorified herself and luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen. I am no widow and will not see sorrow. Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine. She will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord who judges her. So we see that's not going to turn out well for Babylon. Now, those associated with the Church of Rome might want to consider a couple of passages I'm going to read from Revelation 17, starting verse 9. Here's the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits, verse 18. And a woman who you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Now, this mystery Babylon is a, to the great woman. This is a great mystery Babylon. Theological scholars of all types including Roman Catholic ones, recognize that Rome is what's being discussed in Revelation 17. Now they think it's more ancient Rome, but since the book of Revelation is prophetic for the end times, I think it's later. Now, the Church of Rome, by the way, has also been supporting the rise of enlarged Europe. But the Bible warns after Europe has its reorganization, which is discussed in Revelation 17, verses 12 to 13, supporters of the beast are going to actually turn against the church of Rome. And you can read that in Revelation 17, starting verse 16, so I shall do so here. And the ten horns which you saw in the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, and eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And this is because some in Rome, Church of Rome, are going to see that the beast is not a true Christian. And so some 
be supporters or want to put those people out. Now, of course, symbols themselves don't completely prove that Europeans, Europe is going to fulfill these prophecies in the end-time Babylonian beast power. But Europe certainly has a lot of symbols that are consistent with it. Perhaps I should mention that there are Eastern Orthodox and Roman Catholic writings that also tie in uh, Europe with the beast, and they with, with Europe with uh, Babylon, and they actually think it's a good thing, Europe being Babylon. For example, from the Eastern Orthodox, monk... Leonotius, who died in 543, said, Rejoice, O most un unhappy one, O new Babylon! You who are the new Babylon, now rejoice on behalf of Zion. New Babylon, dance, bounce, and leap greatly. Because that peace, which was yours to enjoy in times past, which God has deprived you of in the course of battles, receive it once more from the hand of the angel. O city of the seven hills, the dominion will be yours. So that's from the East Orthodox a prophecy that Babylon was great before, it's going to be great again. Well, God didn't say, encourage people to follow along with Babylon. This is the prophecy. Now, from a Roman Catholic source, Abbot jo uh, Joachim, who died in 1202, a remarkable pope will be seated, seated on the pontifical throne. This holy pope shall be both pastor and reformer. Through him, the east and the west will be an everlasting concord. The city of Babylon, then, shall be the head and the guide of the world. Rome, weakened in temporal power, shall forever preserve her spiritual dominion and shall enjoy great peace. At the beginning, in order to bring these happy results and having the need of a powerful assistance, this holy pontiff will ask for the cooperation of the generous monarch of France, the great monarch. So we see from uh, Roman Catholic prophecy that a monarch and a pope are going to uh, rule in Babylon. Now, I want to comment here that in my opinion it will be what you would call an anti-pope. This is going to be a pope who does not accept Roman Catholicism. Anyway, that being said, it's strange to me that the Eastern Orthodox and Roman Catholics have prophecies looking forward to Babylon when the Bible clearly warns against becoming Babylon and being part of it. But Europe has all these symbols associated with it. The symbols are telling those of us who believe the Bible that what's being worked on is not being blessed by God and is basically being warned about by the God of the Bible. But remember what the Bible warns about Babylon. I want to read again from Revelation 18, verse 4. Come out of her my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. And the time for that is getting sooner and sooner. Babylon is starting to form in Europe. Don't fall for it. It's got symbols everywhere. It's being hidden in plain sight. If you believe the Bible, hopefully you can see it with your own eyes. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible News Prophecy Channel.